All right. All right. We are back, we are back here, here today, today with the, with the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo, and as always, we have Action Jackson here with us. You there, Action? Um, I'm here live and in person. All right. What's going on, Big Mo? Well, it's uh, it's a wintry Tuesday today. We got some some strong weather coming into the state over the next week, so we're we're braced for that. But uh, in the world of sports, and uh, particularly the world of, of basketball, it's a bright and sunny day in the state of Arkansas because the Razorbacks set an all-time record in Bud Walton Arena this weekend. Much to the delight of all Razorback fans across the state. And I think you know who I'm talking about, Jackson. Yeah. And that's those Arkansas Razorback Lady Hawks. And they whooped up on the Georgia Bulldogs by 40 points. All-time record for largest margin of victory in SC, in Bud Walton Arena by the Razorbacks over an SEC opponent. Just an absolute spanking. Michaela Daniels, 24 points on 7 of 15 shooting, 5 for 10 from 3. Sailor Poffenbarger added 16 points. She poured in four three-pointers of her own after only six attempted. And uh, also had a, a good game from Samara Spencer, who got 15 points. And Carly Keats added another 15, uh, even though she struggled from three-point, only two of ten. But the defense was just tremendous. Only one Georgia Bulldog. Only one Georgia Lady Bulldog scored more than seven points in the game. And as you know as well as I do, Jackson, Georgia is a power in women's basketball. Uh, wasn't too many years ago, I believe, they were either a one or a two seed in the tournament. And so this is a, this is a well-respected program. And, you know, of course, with how good the men's football team's doing, that always attracts more recruits and generally – uh, generally lifts the entire program. So, for us to give this type of performance, eighty-three to forty-three in Bud Walton against uh, a a a what should be a stout Georgia women's team, um, Arkansas still unranked, thirteen and four. But do you think we should jump into the rankings after after? Uh, well, they should have already come out, actually. Well, I think they. I mean, I think they have. Uh... They've done enough in this early part of the season to show that they do belong in that top 25, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So there's still, apparently the rankings that were released, I'm guessing they were released today, they still do not have us in the rankings, which I'm, I'm shocked at. I will note that my NC State Wolfpack is in the top 10 in both both polls, AP has them at six, 14 and one, and the coaches poll have them at number nine. And wow. so, very proud of that. But, um, yeah, we got to get the Razorbacks. They, they did not even, I have to need to check on when this poll was released because they had, didn't even receive a vote according to this poll. That can't be right. This, this has to be an old poll. And uh, people, people have got to get on them, Lady Hogs. We're talking about all-time record against an SEC opponent, Jackson. And you know how that, how hard that is. SEC Absolutely. opponents are tough. 
Yeah. And, you know, I mean, ju- just imagine if, if it went the other way. Just imagine if we got blown out, how just just terrible that would be, you know, if we got just handled in our own arena oh. by an arch rival in our, in our conference. But fortunately, we don't have to imagine that because we have the Lady Hawks who would never let that happen. Never let that happen, and surely I, I didn't. I didn't catch what the men did this weekend, but I'm sure they were respectable too. And uh, anyway, let's move on to college football. Oh, that so that's, that's <laughs> we're gonna roll today. I mean, I, I, I'm perfectly in agreement. Of, you know, I'm, I'm blindsided because I don't ever know which way you're gonna go. But uh, you know, we it it, it 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 it's just a side note uh, that the. Uh, and it, it's a good joke. It's good to laugh at because that was where it was Saturday. It was laughable. The performance by the Arkansas men on the same court, and they set the opposite record. They got the worst beating that we've ever received in Bud Walton and tied for the worst that we've ever received from an SEC team. So, yeah. So are you sure? Are you totally sure, Jackson? Now, check on this. Are you totally sure that the Arkansas men didn't play the Georgia women and the Arkansas women didn't play the the, the, the Auburn men? Are you totally sure? I'm, I'm, I'm positive. Because uh, that's the only thing that really explains those two results to me. <laughs> no, it was, uh, uh, it, it was a game that uh, I very much regret tuning into after what happened on Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, but yes, we can definitely move on to college football. We don't have to talk about no, it. no. I mean, we uh, we do need to say a few words for the as as our viewers probably know by now, the Razorback men on the same weekend as the women had the largest victory mm-hmm. over an SEC opponent in Bud Walton. The men had the largest loss period against any opponent ever of all time. At Bud Walton Arena, they completely what's what's the word? Uh, they completely desecrated a a hallowed hallowed building with a thirty two point no show, absolute no show with with no redeeming qualities or asterisks. It was just it was just an absolute beatdown by the Auburn Tigers, who were number twenty five in the country. Uh, but but certainly ranked lower than we were to start the year. Certainly ranked lower than Arkansas. And at any rate, there's just it was on a Saturday. It was a uh, noon game where everybody should should be there. Fans were there. Packed house. Ticket prices were high. Enthusiasm was high. Uh, first, basically SEC basketball weekend of the year for the Razorbacks, and. Um, and wow, it's, I think Musselman said it, you know, he said it well at the post-conference. And I, I've, I have to take some credit for saying it. We haven't talked a lot about Razorback basketball this year. But I have to take a little bit of credit for pointing it out early. The problem with this team is there's a lack of role players, and as Musselman put it, a lack of toughness. And what I, I say that is a lack of basically guys like Jordan Walsh, and I mentioned it before in this podcast, who go in there, get those loose balls, get those tough rebounds, get get those tip backs to the to the guard to keep the possession alive, rolling on the floor, 
um, uh, um, putting bodies on people when they're when they're trying to get position in the lane. We don't have that on our team this year, at least not right now, and it showed. Something else that I've, I've wondered, and I mean, this will be a question to, to pose to you to get your opinion. I'm wondering if, if this is the year that, that the Muslim, um, what, what do you call it, his, his scheme just doesn't seem to be working out, bringing in a bunch of guys that they have to jail for this first half of the season, it seems like, and they're they're just not they're not playing together well. Uh, I mean, I don't know how we go from from beating Duke, uh, being high, you know, you know, on cloud nine, and now we've got the worst loss ever. We got two road games coming up against opponents that are that know we just lost by thirty two. They're going to be trying to beat us by the same, you know, and. I just uh, I wonder if this is the year that Muslim kind of hits his wall. Uh, what is, what is your opinion on that? Well, I mean, it, it has looked bad. Well, first of all, we have to remember that this same team we just saw minus uh, the best player we have uh, beat Duke just a few weeks ago. Okay, so there there's a disconnect there. There, there's it's and it's very troubling um, because we know that this team can can play ball. I mean, we know this team. They didn't just beat Duke; they convincingly beat them. Um, this is troubling. What what happened here? Um, and maybe one of the more troubling things is this is one of those games that we had time to prepare for. We had time to prepare for. We had a full more than a week off before this game. And you know, Musselman, we've talked uh, before um, the Bahamas tournament about Musselman's record when he has more than five days to prepare. Well, he had a full seven plus days to prepare for the Auburn game. Um, Now, of course, there was New Year's Eve in between there, but you even had, what, five days after New Year's Eve, you wouldn't think that, you know, people were still in, you know, celebration mode or, or whatever, happened on new year's eve i I don't know maybe the clock struck midnight on new year's eve and uh our pumpkin uh our carrot our carriage turned into a pumpkin Uh, you know but it shouldn't be that way i mean arkansas should be the team that's that's basically holding auburn down that's what was expected this year especially at home especially at home that's one of the home, home advantage places that we still we feel like we can beat anybody on that court and I yeah. just don't know if after Saturday if, if we'll ever be able to get that feeling back I mean I, I don't have it right now I, and I, we, we have we have all our players we had a Traymon Mark of course is back played 30 minutes um we didn't shoot particularly bad from three we shot about 30 percent seven for 24 they were a little bit better but they only made seven threes too but we just basically got dominated in in the paint, really. Got got yeah. dominated in the paint. Dry, we we, 20, 21 points after yeah. halftime. That's all huh? the points we scored. We scored 21 points in the second half. Yeah. And there's just there's just no yeah. real real paint presence. There there is no um, like I said, Jordan Walsh. There's no. Um, Jalen Williams, 
you you realize how important those anchors were to these other teams that went to the Elite Eight in the past and the Sweet Sixteen in the past three years. You see how important they were. We don't. Tra- I've I've said it before. Uh, Brazil, Trayvon Brazil, he's not a big man. He's six foot ten, but he's 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 like a shooting guard. He's at best a small forward. He is not a big man. He's not a center or a power forward. He's not capable of going inside and putting bodies on people and coming down with tough rebounds, at least not on his own. And um, and, and Graham, I mean, the same thing. You know, he's, he's 6'10", but he just – they don't have the weight on him. They, they don't have the weight or that, you know, really um, – Aggression, you know. I mean, we, of course, Corliss Williamson, probably the greatest big man Arkansas has ever had. He was only at, at most, I think, six foot seven, and that was probably generous, probably six six. But he was a muscular dude who went in there and and asserted. I mean, he was he was built like a an anvil, and just went in there and asserted his weight. Got knew how to get position in there and came down with strong boards. And we don't have that guy. We don't have anybody like that guy. And I think uh, uh, Musselman at this point, I feel like he's, he's, he's looking at himself and saying, you know what, I kind of messed up on recruiting this year, on, on the transfer portal. I needed to go out and get one of those guys. Of course, we have uh, Makai Mitchell, but and Makai Mitchell is the type of guy who, who you need for that. But he's been a non-factor. He's been a non-factor. He only played nine minutes. Yep. So it's it's frustrating. I mean, it's it's very frustrating. We played Minifield, Brazil, and Mark played most of the game. They all played over thirty minutes. And meanwhile, for Auburn, Auburn didn't have a single player who played more than twenty-five. Yep. They apparently have extreme depth. They had fresh bodies in the game at all times. And whatever type of game plan we had for them, I think Bruce Pearl just really completely outfoxed Musselman on the game plan. And that, you know, but more than that has to happen. It has to be poor play. It has to be, you have to get out coached. But, But then on top of that, you have to just have a lack of, there has to be some type of lack of pride. Lack of pride, lack of um, preparation. I mean, there's got to be just a complete moral failure for you to lose to the Auburn Tigers at home in your own arena by 32 points. Yeah, there's, it's a combination of, of a lot of really, really bad things for a basketball team. And and I think that, uh, you know, the, if there's any positive that I can even attempt to say is uh, – there's a lot more basketball to be played than it's just yeah. one game. And, That's true. You know, and we know, it, but, you know, I just have this feeling in my gut, you know, because Musselman always turns these things around and we get better as the year goes on. But I'm just wondering if this is the year where it finally catches up to him and maybe we don't do as well as we think we should. I will say this. It, it was bad. It was bad. And, um, again, historically bad. And, and I watched the game, and, and it was hard. It was hard to watch it. It was 
we, when we got down by 18, it felt like, man, we've let this go too far. We need to start clawing this back quickly. And they actually accelerated on us and just started just basically showing that 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 18 point lead was generous almost to us. The the, the you know it was it, it was bad, but I still have a strong belief. Always do that. And muscle, I have a strong belief in muscle men, and I <laughs> I can tell you, I I, I strongly believe that the Razorbacks are going to get better, that we're going to get better. We've already seen this team beat Duke without Mark. What we have mostly is a chemistry problem right now, and we probably have a little bit of a confidence problem. Um, and But those can be fixed. But let's not forget that we beat Duke. We beat Stanford. Um, we, we have good wins on the resume. And we have a lot of other opportunities coming up uh, to play good basketball. But um, so I do think we're going to get better. I don't think this is a year the Hogs are going to hang their heads. And I don't think making the tournament and the year out of the question, especially with a strong win like Duke on there. And then, of course, we have Kentucky at home January 27th. So that's another chance for a strong win. We played Tennessee this year at home on February 14th. So those are two top six teams we get in Bud Walton Arena. And we have have plenty of chances to get those quote-unquote quad one wins, you know, uh, on other people's courts as well uh, between now and then. So, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot in front of us, but, you know, like we say a lot (laughs) – on, on our episodes that we have to have a short-term memory, and the basketball team needs that right now. They have to not let Auburn beat them when they go to Georgia because yeah. typically a Muslim team doesn't go into a place hanging their heads, and, you know, he has a great way of, of restoring confidence. So, yeah. uh, But we, we do have a chance to get those big wins, as you said, and, you know, and, and I think we're going to pick some of them up. Uh, yeah. I'm just like most so that, fans right now. Yeah. After what that's, I witnessed that's, on Saturday, it just it doesn't feel good right now. It really it doesn't. doesn't feel good, and you know, but but yeah, I guess to answer your question, long term in this season, I, I I still have about as much confidence as I did before the game. I got a little less now because we did get handled. I think Auburn is a better team than people think they are. I think they showed that. And, you know, at the start of conference play, you don't know who's good and who's not. Turns out Auburn might very well win the SEC. And I would not be surprised if they were the SEC champions. And that's and that that's could basically be the explanation for what we got, is we were not expecting to play a team as good as what Auburn is. But yeah, long term this season, I do think the Hogs are going to get it back. Um, what, what bothers me, though, is the type of game we saw. You see this from NBA teams all the time, all the time. Great teams, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the, uh, the Celtics. You'll see them, they're, they're, they're 18 and, and 4 on the season. But they'll have one game where they get beat, even at home, by like 40 points. It was just the other day at the Celtics, who have the best record in the NBA right now, they had to go to overtime to beat the Detroit Pistons, who were in the midst of a 24-game losing streak. Yeah. And that was in Boston. That was in the Garden. Yeah. 
So I, I, I like to I like taking the Detroit jabs while we can. I mean that's that those feel good because uh, as, as a business fan, I continue to take them on the chin and keep marching on. You know, and, and that's what I mean. That's how it's that's how it's been for the last twenty years as a business fan. We we just we haven't been relevant uh, since Rick Hamilton and Chauncey Bills and all of them. I, I like how you threw that in there. You you. You have a way of, of bringing things in, into perspective and, and keep them there. And well, no, here's my point, though. Here's my point: yeah, is that know. NBA teams they just have an off night sometimes, and they throw it. They they, they mail it in. They play an 82 game schedule. You know, the the teams are professional. The fans are there. You know, they love their team, but they understand that the playoffs are what matters most. And some nights they go out there, they have a bad game, they get whooped by a team who's at the bottom of the standings at their own home court, and it gets ugly. It's a 20, 30-point loss. Happens, I wouldn't say regularly. I mean, it it really happens regularly. It's in the NBA. it, It happens, and that's because the NBA, they don't have the type of pride that you're supposed to have in college basketball. They're not playing. They're playing for themselves. They're playing mostly for their contract. They're a professional player. They're out there. That's their livelihood, you know. And right. if they, if they, once they get down by 15 points and it becomes clear that chances are they're not coming back that night, they're not trying that hard because if they're not going, if they're not going to win, win the game, they might as well. It doesn't matter to them losing by 40 or losing by five. That right. makes no difference to them. A loss is a loss. Move on to the next game. What bothers me is that college basketball shouldn't be that way. You've got That's to true. have pride. You've got. You cannot just take a loss and say we'll go on to the next game. It doesn't matter. It does matter. You're fighting for your, your, your program and your fans that it should mean more. And that's what bothers me is we saw I saw too much of what I see in the professional game. Yeah. And, and I think that it goes back to one of your points that you made about chemistry. I think we got some guys that haven't realized this is a team game. Uh, Musselman said it in his press conference. So I think they had uh, 157 passes, and he said the goal in every game is to, is to pass the ball 200 times. So you don't have enough movement of the basketball in Musselman's offense. And typically, if you look back, when we haven't hit that 200 mark in the passing game, uh, we, we haven't won. We haven't played well, and that was another factor of uh, just not sharing the basketball and, and and no toughness when the shot goes up because we got out rebounded. Yeah, there was yeah, there was a lack of a lot of things in that game for sure. Well, we we need to turn it around quickly when we travel to Georgia this week, and as we know, the Razorbacks have been extremely bad away from Bud Walton this year, which is uh, really what makes it so troubling that we got beat badly at Bud Walton. Um, but, no, I, I don't think this season we're, – we're going to find out. I mean, again, I'm we're going to see what Musselman does with them. I don't think this season is going to go like the like the football season. I think we're going to see a, a turnaround, and we're going to have many reasons to cheer from here until the end of the year. Uh, and the reason is because we have a, a better coach uh, in Musselman than we had with, uh, you know, either Sam Pittman or whoever, uh, you know, particularly with the overhaul on the offensive coordinator side. Uh, we had we had coaching issues mostly, yeah. but but not only does Musselman recruit better than Pittman does, and 
that's an understatement. But he, he actually coaches better. Like you said, with the passing, uh, he – Musselman, I think, is going to take this personally. And uh, he – I could see on his face in the press conference, he expects his players to take this personally too. So um, I, I, I want to go on record right now and say as bad as that was, it could be the start of something beautiful. I just, I, I just want to, just want to throw that out there. It could be the start of something beautiful because, you know, every sports movie, anybody's watched a sports movie out there, does it start with the, with the team who you're cheering for, doing great at the beginning? No, no. I, I just watched. Uh, came out this year. I don't know if you've seen this one, Jackson, but uh, it's called Next Goal Wins. It's a soccer, soccer movie. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, and it's about the this team in American Samoa who American Samoa had played in international soccer, but they had never scored a goal. And they set the record. The, the, the movie starts with them setting the record for the worst loss in international soccer history. And it was against Australia. They got beat 31 to nothing in soccer. Wow. I'm not kidding. Can you imagine 31 yeah. goals getting scored against you in soccer? I mean, I can't imagine 10, but... 30, 31, wow. And then that's that's true. That's this is actually this isn't just like a movie. This is this really happened. American Samoa really this is based on a true story. They really lost thirty one to nothing to the um to 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 Australia. Australia. And so the coach was basically banished from a European league. I guess he was couldn't win enough or something, but they assigned him to go coach American Samoa. I think he was either in some personal trouble or something, or at any rate, he he basically got sent there as almost like a punishment. Uh, that's that's yes. <laughs> any viewers who watched that movie, you could explain that more eloquently than I can. But he goes there and he coaches them up, and um, eventually, I don't want to spoil the ending for anyone who hasn't seen it. But they end up doing well, and it's uh, it turns into a beautiful movie. It turns into a, a a something to be proud of but you don't start the movie with the the, the team doing great you start them with their get, their teeth getting kicked in and so if, if this is a movie if this season for the Razorbacks is a movie that's a that's a fitting beginning the most humiliating loss in Bud Walton history you can either take that hang your head and say you know, we are, we're, we're an embarrassment to the university and we need to just basically go through the motions this year, end it quickly, don't even go to the NIT and just go our separate ways. Or you can say, we want to be that team who had that humiliating loss, but then we came back and we either won the SEC tournament or we won a game, we made it to the NCAA tournament and won a game there, or... Uh, we went undefeated the rest of the year at home. Something you know, you, you there, there's so many storylines that are possible that that just make your heart swell with pride based on that beginning. So that's what I'm hoping for, and I have a lot of faith in Musselman. This this game didn't shake it. Yeah, and and that you know you you make you make several good points there, and and I know we we have to move on, but the the this the one more thing I, I will add is. That you know, it, it's going to be. A, it would be a good storyline come March. That you know, something along the lines of this isn't the same Arkansas team that lost by 32 to Auburn. This is a team that's fixing to make the Sweet 16. 
so and that's yeah. and that's the kind of story. That's the kind of way you needed that story to start. Yes. So now we just see where we go from there, and I think these next two weeks at Georgia, or these next two games at Georgia and out and at Florida, will be a be a telltale sign of how the rest of the season's going to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want. Yeah, I think they will be. If we if we completely lay down in against Georgia and Florida, then it might get bad quickly. And for me, the big problem with that is recruiting. That's what happened in football. We were so bad in football. We showed so little fight. And I'm thinking about one game in particular that just really gets under my skin, and that's that Mississippi State game. When we came back home after beating Florida, and I'm sorry, it was before beating Florida, came back home after getting beat, losing up 10 in a row to Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Alabama, you name it, and came back home to play Mississippi State and and got beat at home 7-3 to three by, Mississippi, by Mississippi State's backup quarterback in Fayetteville. That is the game that we lost recruits on. You, no recruit wants to play for that program, that, that type of uh, uh, lack of fight and spirit program that we showed that day. And we don't want that to happen to the basketball program. The basketball program's going good. So you, you can't at any point throw in the towel and say, you know what, we're going to be bottom three team in the SEC this year. No. You got to think about recruiting. Kids want to play for Musselman. Kids want to play for the team that's been to the Elite Eights and the Sweet Sixteens and just rushed the court with Duke. Everybody saw that video with the Arkansas fans storming onto the court. That was this year. You can't throw all that away by just giving up on the season and saying, you know what, you know, we don't have the chemistry. Uh, let's just suck this year, you know, which is basically more or less what our football team did. You can't do that. Yes, I agree. So I think we will fight, and but mo- but even if we don't make the tournament, every game still matters because we are at a level now to where we've, we we results matter because we're in a a high position in recruiting. So it's not like you know our football team more or less is kind of down on recruiting you know they don't have as much to lose as the basketball program the basketball program if you're going to have a down year don't make it that down of a year you know make it a little bit of a down year everybody has them kentucky has years where they don't make the tournament it it happens it happens to the best coaches out there um and and it's it's shocking i think duke had a year not too long ago where they didn't make the tournament shock duke right I mean, you know what kind of players do get. So it, it, all valid points. It, it happens, but 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 you can't give up, and that's what I want to see. Like you were right, it will be a telltale sign whether they're going to give up or whether they're going to fight to the end. And um, I'm thinking a Musselman coach team is going to fight. We're not going to we're not going to take this line down. I agree. Totally. Agree. Meanwhile, we can be over here rooting for our women's team. But as 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 they as they go to what may be an SEC championship, I mean, I'd like to see them play against LSU. Um, who, let's see who they've got coming up next. I believe they have Kentucky next week. The women do, or Kentucky. I'm sorry, this week on on Wednesday, um, and Kentucky is a good team, as nearly all 
SEC women's teams are. I don't think Kentucky is ranked, though. Um, I'm sorry. No, they played Kentucky in Kentucky, lost to them. They have Mississippi State coming to town on Thursday. Then on Sunday, they go to Alabama. And then after that, they go to LSU. And then they have Kentucky coming back on the sun, the, the following Sunday. Uh, no, no, not the following Sunday. They actually get a week off after Alabama before they go to LSU, who's number seven in the country. And then Kentucky comes to Bud Walton on uh, the following Thursday. So that's what the women's schedule looks like. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. But I would point this out, Jackson, and this goes to show how you can how basketball can swing up and down. This, these Arkansas women who set the record for the largest home victory against an SEC opponent, they lost to a little team this year in Bud Walton Arena by the name of University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, also known in these parts as UAPB. That same women's team lost to UAPB who is currently four and seven in the year in their very, I don't want to use the too harsh a language, but uh, non-competitive, uh, uh, I guess the, the SWAC, the SWAC, Southwestern yeah, Athletic Conference. Yeah, but they're four and seven, but they beat the Arkansas Razorbacks in women's basketball in Bud Walton this year. So yeah. it's basketball. I mean, it happens. On any given night, it happens. You got to bounce back. Yep. Absolutely. All right, but now we got to move on right now because we've <laughs> we've talked about a bad game a lot more than I was wanting to. We need to get back to college football. Uh, college football ended up with one final game, national championship, Michigan against Washington. And as we know, Action Jackson stuck his neck out last week. And he told us all that he was picking the Washington Huskies to take that that nice oval football-shaped trophy, a golden trophy, that everybody covets in college football, and to, to send the Pac-12 off with a beautiful first-time-ever Pac-12 college football playoff championship. Uh, but as... As so many of Jackson's predictions went this year, that 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 prophecy did not come to pass, and it was the Michigan Wolverines who handled handled the Huskies by multiple touchdowns, but not an embarrassment by any means. It was it was a game up until about five minutes left to play when Penix Jr. threw an untimely interception, but uh, but Michigan. Michigan definitely flustered Penix. Penix was not on his game. And the Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh, are national champions for the first time this century. Yes. I mean, uh, and which ended up being the, the two best teams playing for the title, which is what we want to see and uh, what, we, what, we, what we value to listen to is, is the two, two best teams to play. And... Uh, I've already congratulated both teams for being there, and I'll, I'll eat I'll eat some of that crow, uh, well, a lot of it now because, uh, and I, I, I once again picked the wrong team, and uh, 
congratulations to Michigan uh, on winning the the last four team playoff that we'll see, and uh, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Coach Harbaugh. And there's a lot of rumors flying that that he might not even be at Michigan next year. There's there's rumors already of him uh, being in the NFL. But oh we no, we don't we don't know. They're just they're just rumors oh. right now. Uh, he wouldn't do that. I mean, the way I look at Michigan season, to me, comes down to basically this. Michigan played essentially four games all season. Okay, And this is why I don't blame you for picking against them in the national championship. Because their non-conference schedule was laughable. They played Eastern Carolina their first game. who I don't think Eastern Carolina won three games this year. It's really down year for them. Then they played perpetual doormat UNLV, who actually had a great year and um, ended up going to the to a bowl against Kansas, the guaranteed rate dot com bowl, and they lost to Kansas. But uh, UNLV actually had a good year, so I guess uh, I should give Michigan more credit than I do for that win. Beat them thirty five to seven. Then they had. Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, a putrid and controversy-ridden Michigan State, who they beat 49 to nothing. You just named those first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, those first eight games of the season for Michigan. And I would submit that if the Razorbacks played those first eight games, they probably would have gone six and two, as bad as we were. I think we would have been bowl eligible by late October if we had played Michigan's schedule. That, that's a good argument. And and so there, and then they played Purdue, who certainly nothing to uh, – Purdue was two and seven when they played them, so maybe I should throw in the first nine games. Purdue was as bad as anyone. Beat them forty-one to thirteen. Really, their first game of the season didn't come until the middle of November, November eleventh, when they had to travel to Happy Valley to pay, play Penn State, which is not nearly as daunting when you've just played nine cream puffs to start the year. And so they beat Penn State. Um. 24 to 15, pretty close game. Then they won a, I'd say, quality win at Maryland because Maryland whooped the pants off of Auburn in the Music City Bowl or what was left of Auburn after the opt-outs and such. Got it, got it. But they only beat Michigan and Maryland by a touchdown, 31 to 24 in Maryland. It was a good game. Then, of course, the game against Ohio State. So you had at most three regular season games that were really games that Michigan could have even potentially lost. The other nine were, were laughers. And then the Big 12 championship was a laugher against Iowa, who got outscored 61-0 to zero over its final two games. Okay? That's a laugh. Yeah, Big, big Ten championship, but yes, uh, who's counting? Yeah. They, and then they finally, in the Big Ten championship, that's right, the Big Ten yeah. championship. And then they finally had uh, Alabama, had to play Alabama, who's a good team. And hats off to them. They, they beat Alabama. Michigan is a good team, 
the point I guess I'm trying to make is they were never, first of all, they were never tested. They were heavily rested. And they, you, you, you really didn't have anything to judge them by except for those in Ohio State. I mean, that was a home game. You know, honestly, there's not that much to judge Ohio State by. As, as much as I hate it with the, with the Pac-12 essentially merging into the Big Ten, at least you're going to have these Big Ten teams get tested for the first time. Yeah, I agree. Because Michigan does not want to see Washington again in the regular season next year and vice versa. You know, Michigan does not want to see Oregon. Michigan wants to continue its its nice route to the national championship, and you get I give them credit for beating Alabama in overtime and a very uh, convincing win against Washington uh, in the national championship game. But it's easier to do that when you only have to start playing football beginning in November. And, and they could have played not just their second string, the Michigan third string could have won their first nine games for them, with probably without any even it being close in any of those games. Right. Michigan had, uh, let me say, the first time Michigan played a game this year, the first game that they played that they, they did not win by at least 28 points, by at least four touchdowns, was that game in Happy Valley on November 11th. First nine games of the year, they won by a minimum. Well, they wanted to beat Bowling Green by 25. They must have really taken it easy on them. But 25 was their lowest margin of victory up to that point. Right. So who could have thought that they would, when they were faced down against Alabama, down by seven, with five minutes left to play, that they were going to have the um, Michigan was going to have the what's the word I'm looking for, Jackson? The courage, the uh, the uh, clutchness, the clutchness to drive down the field and 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 tie the game and then win in overtime. That's something that you usually only see from a very battle-tested team. And the only way I can explain it is that a lot of these guys from Michigan played last year. They got that experience in those tough games last year in the in the bowl games. And especially the quarterback, for example, the, the main running back, Corum. They, they got that experience. And this year, basically, they just needed to get back to that point. And they were going to get it done. And that's what happened. You got to take your head off to them. Um, but the road getting there was... It was paved in gold, paved in gold. Absolutely. And so I, I'm, I'm hoping next year it's going to be diff. It's going to change everything in football because a lot is going to happen in the playoff. It's not just going to be two games. You're going to have to, in most cases, I think, win three, and you're going to be playing some, some tough teams. Absolutely. Now you're gonna. Is, am I right that the format is all teams are going to have to win three games? That's the way it breaks down from what I've seen. I, th- I think we're going to have a top four, which gets a bye. We're going to have a eight teams that play each other to see who can play those top four. Mm-hmm. 
And that's going to leave us with eight in that first round. So those top four, none of those top four are going to be playing each other like they do now. They're going to be playing whoever comes out of that bottom eight. And then whoever wins that first round of games for top four, then you get your college football playoff. But on top of going throughout the season, you have to win that first game against a team that just won a do-or-die matchup in that initial round. And that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough because you, you're getting a battle-tested team coming in. And um, it's going to be different. But but Michigan, you know, they did get it done. That There was some controversy, but I think they kind of, in my mind, it's a very clean championship because there's no way they cheated against Alabama. Alabama knew about the sign stealing. They knew they weren't. I'm sure they didn't steal any signs off of Alabama and Saban had that covered up. But, um, but yeah, I watched it. They came back, tied the game, drove it down the field and beat them. And uh, they pretty much handled Washington. I still think Washington could have won the game because Washington's a very gritty team too. But Penix Jr. was just awful. Just yeah. absolutely terrible. Didn't show up in a big game. So. Well, and also you have to hand it a lot to defense. This is one of the few national championships, which I think was won mainly by defense. And Michigan did score 34 points yesterday. But it was the defense. The defense forced turnovers and, and they had the best dominated. In football. So they had the best they were the best passing defense uh, in the country. And yeah. so and and they showed it and congrats to them. Uh, I mean my, my hat's off to, to the Wolverines, the uh, 2023-2024 college football playoff national champion. All right, so that, that concludes college football season. I know a lot of people in Arkansas breathing a sigh of relief, knowing that it's finally over. We can move on to next year it's college hurting. football, and, you know, I won't get into any recruiting. I'm not a big fan of that. No, that's it. <laughs> so on the, so on the college side, side it's going to be full-time college basketball now. But, but first, but first we, have we have some very, very juicy NFL play, playoff action to cover. The first round of the NFL playoffs are set, and we have some really enticing matchups this year. In fact, probably more than I've ever seen before. I just want to run through them here and kind of give everybody an overview of what we got. We have basically a dream matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions in a game between two quarterbacks that were traded for each other. One of the rare quarterback trades that we've seen in the league over the past many years. Uh, they're now playing each other in the first round to see who advances. So even more than the game, I think there's a lot of personal and um, I guess general managerial pride on the on the line for both teams here uh, in this matchup. And uh, another game we got that's extremely juicy, always juicy, is the Cowboys against the Packers, which is a just classic uh, NFL playoff matchup always. But especially now with Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys coach, facing off, of course, against his old team and him being the only coach in recent memory or 
who's won a Super Bowl with Green Bay, Green Bay now has to face that coach on the road in the playoffs. So extremely juicy matchup there. And then, of course, we have the Miami Dolphins traveling to Arrowhead. And you've got Tyreek Hill facing off against his former team the year after they just won the Super Bowl without him. After they let him go and then won the Super Bowl, you, you got to think Tyreek Hill would really love to show Kansas City uh, his value for his new team and, and what they missed out on when they when they allowed him to play for uh, for the Dolphins. I think he was... I mean, I know he was the number one uh, receiver in the AFC by yardage. I think that was all of football this year. So some some very personal, uh, I think, feelings on the line in that game, too. Um, and then, of course, you know, we have uh, we have the game you're most interested in, Jackson, which is uh, Tampa Bay against Philadelphia. That's going to be on Monday night. We'll get to that one. Uh, a little bit later, but um, a very interesting going to be a very interesting matchup. And uh, Buffalo has actually beat the Dolphins on the road on Sunday night to win the AFC. Buffalo went from being six and six and seemingly on the cusp of elimination from the playoffs to getting the number one seed. I'm sorry, the number two seed in the league. Uh, and home field advantage against the Steelers. And then our last matchup is another one I think that's interesting, which is Houston hosting Cleveland. Houston hosting Cleveland. Again, a team in which Houston traded or uh, allowed their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, to go to Cleveland in exchange for, I think, some substantial compensation from Cleveland. And even though Deshaun Watson won't be quarterback in that game, again, just like with the Lions and the Rams, you have two franchises who who made a, a, a tough, tough deal, a high-profile deal, facing each other to basically see what the consequences of that deal are. Right. Yep. I, I mean, definitely some, some great, great matches and great storylines all across the playoff scene. And, uh, so Jackson, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I just have to say, you know, we, you know, who we look to for predictions in these matchups. <laughs> oh and, man. Uh, and so man. now we know that you struggled this year in college football, but we really haven't tested you much in in the NFL sphere. So this yeah. is this is going to be your chance to maybe redeem yourself. Well, where would you uh, where would you like to start? I'm going to start with the lowest profile game there probably is, and I would say that would be Buffalo against Pittsburgh. Uh, And that's a very interesting game because just to set the stage for everyone, Buffalo was six and six five weeks ago, six and six, and they ended up winning their last five games of the season to go to 11 and 6 and we do apologize for some change in audio here we uh we had some technical difficulties that we're working around but uh but the Buffalo Bills 
at one point not too long ago in the season in November, it looked it looked like they weren't going to make the postseason. In fact, I think they had much less than a fifty percent chance of making it because right. one one loss puts them in basically Pittsburgh. Well, it would put it this way. Put it this way. If Buffalo would have lost that game, uh, there was a chance if both Jacksonville and Pittsburgh won that if Buffalo lost that game, they were not going to be in the playoffs. They weren't guaranteed a playoff spot in the in the last game of the season. And not only did that when, – when can you ever tell me, Jackson, that a team was not guaranteed to be in the playoffs – as of the last game of the season, and they ended up getting the, the number two seed in their conference. When has that ever happened? Uh, I mean, I, I would, I'd be hard-pressed to find that it's ever happened uh, in, that, in, that, uh, in that fashion. But, you know, but look what happened with Jacksonville. I mean, weren't, weren't at one time they were in the playoffs, and they played their way all the way out. You know, to, to not even the wild card. They, they didn't they played their way all the way out of the playoffs, and and Buffalo played their way all the way in, and so definitely, definitely something I haven't seen. It was it was it's crazy the way that happened for Buffalo. That's because uh, that's because the Jaguars ran into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we can't take all the credit, but you know they were. I mean, they just happened to be a team that, that got in the way, and and we had to we had to take care of them. Oh yes, we are, Jackson. That, that's why we have you. That's why you, we have you here with us. Well, um, I want to say this. Uh, you know, one of one of the best coaches in the NFL is Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, as their head man. He's never had a losing season. Uh, once again, he, he proved that. But uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with with Buffalo uh, to win this game uh, because I did pick uh, a, a couple of, of episodes back. I did pick. Buffalo to play San Francisco in the Super Bowl. So it's kind of hard to go with that pick and then pick Buffalo and get knocked out in the first round. So uh, I'm going to pick Buffalo and Josh Allen uh, to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. I believe that is a wild pick. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. I believe that's a wise pick. <laughs> a well, wise pick. Um, okay, so that's we got that side of the uh, wild card game. Now let's go to, uh, as we mentioned, a juicy matchup here with the Browns and the Texans, and uh, obviously two teams who you know the Texans traded Deshaun Watson to the Browns, uh, used one of the picks that they got from the Browns to draft C.J. Stroud. And now they face the Browns, who do not have the luxury of their franchise quarterback, who's been injured, and, and they'll be starting Joe Flacco. They host them for a wild card game in, uh, I, I think it's quite a quite beautiful showdown between two franchises that made a deal, and now we're getting to see the consequences play out actually on the field with these two teams against each other in the wild card round. Yeah. So who who do you That's like in actually, this matchup? 
matchup that I'm looking forward to the most because it's just so intriguing. You have the, the old head and Joe Flacco, former uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and then you have presumably, you know, the, the votes haven't been tallied yet, but I, I would I would be shocked if C.J. Stroud is not the rookie of the year. Uh, so you have two different ends of the spectrum at quarterback, and I, I thought about it earlier, and and this is one team that I'm going to actually go against at home. I'm going to pick Joe Flacco and the Browns to beat the Houston Texans in this in this playoff game. All right. Oh, I I can't say I, I disagree with you. Now I, I do. You know, I'm somewhat partial to the Texans. I, you know, kind of. Hey, I'm obviously an Astros fan, so uh, you know, teams. I've I've never really warmed up to the Texans that much because they've they just always been bad. They've always just found a way to choke choke away everything. And many times they've had good looking seasons, but I think the entire J.J. Watt era can be characterized as just one huge choke job. And so it's it's just hard it's hard to ever warm up to them, but um, I'm definitely a lot more partial to Houston than I am Cleveland. So I'll be rooting for Houston. But that being said, if I was a betting man, I would probably take Cleveland just because that. Well, I think I think you have to take Cleveland, right? Because it was just three weeks ago that Cleveland went into Houston and beat them by twelve points. So, yeah. so I, I don't know if you're aware of that result, Jackson, but, um, but yeah, that was yeah, a few I, weeks ago, and uh, kind of slipped my mind when I made my pick, but I mean, yeah. it just solidifies what I've what I've already said. I, I just think that that Cleveland defense, that defense travels, and I really think that they have one of the top defenses in the league. And Joe Flacco's been good. I mean, he's been really good. And uh, but I don't want to I don't want to sell C.J. Stroud short because. Yeah. Another, that's a team that uh, almost elimin- almost would have been one of the teams that eliminated Tampa Bay yeah. from playoff contention when he beat us with less than 20 seconds on the clock, drove the field, and just, I mean, absolutely owned us that day. So uh, it's going to be a great game, and it's definitely one at the top of the list that I'm looking forward to, but, but still big and clean. Well, it is going to be interesting because the time they met before, and this is New Year's Eve, okay? So this was like just almost yesterday, two weeks ago, essentially. Um, Cleveland went into Houston with Joe Flacco, beat them 36-22 in Houston by 14 points. and But a very important to note, uh, Houston did not have C.J. Stroud playing that game. He was hurt. So they were starting Davis Mills and Case Keenum at quarterback, and they obviously did not carry the torch that well. They combined for two touchdowns and two interceptions. Keenum started, and he, after throwing two picks and taking three sacks, they pulled him for Mills, who was better, threw for two touchdowns. But it wasn't enough to keep up with the Browns' robust offense because – Amari Cooper set a Browns franchise record for most receiving yards in the game with 265 yards, two touchdowns. And um, I, I'm, I think it's going to be interesting, two things. First of all, how C.J. Stroud plays against that stout Cleveland defense. 
But yeah. number two, what Houston does, because they've already seen a preview of this game, how, how they shut down Amari Cooper, and does that change the entire game if Amari Cooper just gets taken off the board completely? Because I can almost Great promise point. you, Houston's not going to get beat by Amari Cooper again. No. No, they've, they've, they've definitely probably said that in their mind, that it's going to have to be somebody else. Uh, you know, and, and that, those, those, are, those are very valid points for sure. Definitely, definite uh, things to think on there uh, going into this matchup. All right, so Jackson's got the Bills picked over the Steelers. He's got the Browns picked over the Texans. We're going to go to the other AFC wild card, which is very tantalizing, and I hate to inform our listeners, but will only be shown on Peacock. NFL playoff game only shown on Peacock. Write your congressman and tell them this is not acceptable in the United States of America. It's one thing. For people out there, and I, there might be somebody on this podcast, maybe Action Jacks, I don't know, somebody somebody out there who might, might can't even get ESPN. You know, might be some people out there can't even get ESPN. Well, what about the people who have ESPN? Now you have to have Peacock? I don't have Peacock. How are we even going to watch this Chiefs and Dolphins game, Jackson? How, how are we, who's going to watch it? I mean... I mean, only people that have these uh, streaming networks that have Peacock. Uh, I mean, that's that's the only way to see this. And, and you talk about a matchup for the ages. I mean, this this has the you know this is, has the billing to be you know one of those games that's the highest scoring game in NFL history. Yes. Or, you know, something like that. This could very well be who has the ball last because Kansas City just frankly hasn't been very good as of late on offense. And I, I'm I'm picking Miami uh, for that reason alone. I think that Kansas City has finally met a team that they're just not able, they're not going to be able to keep up with. And I like the Dolphins to go into Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Well, I I have to say that I like it, and I do think that the Dolphins are a better team. With that being said, I, the Chiefs first of all they're playing at home. They are the defending Super Bowl champs. And there's something to be said just about the clutchness of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, the whole cast of Chiefs. There's something to be said. They have an X factor. And, you know, I could say the same thing. I think the Eagles were probably the better team in the Super Bowl. I think they were probably the better team last year. But the Chiefs won. They won the game. And, yes, the Chiefs don't have a single receiver on their team that I think would be a number one receiver on any other playoff team. Uh, I can't think of another playoff team. They probably have the worst number one receiver of any other playoff team. Um, so but so the, it's they don't you're right they're not as talented as the dolphins but there's just an x factor there with that being said i feel like the chiefs have been trying hard all season and they haven't been getting it done all season so at some point that x factor just goes away to they don't have it this year they're trying they've got everyone rooting for them they got the taylor swift taylor swift may be there that'll probably be a storyline um, but, but 
I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think the Dolphins are a better team, and I think there's a there's a chance it's going to be a good game. Like you said, whoever has the ball last, Do- Chiefs are definitely going to score because that's what they oh, do yeah. in playoff games. Yeah. But you know, and the that's Chiefs awesome. have basically had two weeks to prepare because Kelsey and Mahomes didn't play this past week. They didn't have any, so they've had basically two weeks to prepare. I don't think they've been preparing for the Dolphins because. A lot had to happen for the Dolphins to end up at the as the sixth seed, and uh, so I don't think you know they've necessarily had the Dolphins film on on the on the TV for a while. But it's going to be a really good game. It's it's going to be and to have it on Peacock, it's it's a travesty. So, well, let's turn over to another game that's going to be on a traditional Fox station. Thank goodness, and this is one of the. I think the juiciest games that we have um, on on the card, and that's going to be Packers at the Cowboys. We have wow. Mike McCarthy going up against his old team, the only coach in, in modern history to win a Super Bowl for the Packers. I say modern history, I guess in this century at least, to win a Super Bowl for the Packers is is now coaching against them to end their year and and the Cowboys are going against their nemesis who defeated them several years back not too many years back when uh Des Bryant of course had that catch that was actually not a catch some people still say it's a catch but um uh, but that 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 game, legendary Green Bay, and there's been many legendary Green Bay Dallas games. But this is just a good old classic football matchup between two top tier franchises. Who you got, Jackson? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and just to point out uh, for those that may or may not know, I, I seen a clip earlier, and it was actually Coach McCarthy that threw the challenge flag on that play. Huh. Where Des Bryant's Bryant, so catch was overturned, and, and uh, it was actually Mike McCarthy that threw that challenge flag to, to discount that play. Uh-huh. So this 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 game has a lot of historical value, um, and and you know I've said it many times. I'm I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm I'm probably leaning more towards the Cowboy hater, but at the same time. Uh, Dak Prescott has a real argument for the MVP this year. They have been very good, uh, especially at home. They have they have yet to lose, and you know, and I think that trend's going to continue. Uh, the, the Packers have played very well, uh, and Jordan Love is you know kind of he's, he's played really good at times and not so good at times. So I, I am gonna I am gonna go on record and, and pick the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Packers uh, in this playoff game. I have to agree. Dallas is just a different team at home. They are they are a different team. They're very hard to beat at home this year. Might it might be the best team at home in all of football. They they absolutely destroy people there. And um and then you know, the Cowboys are, are known to have some some lapses in concentration and to have some real stinkers of games. So you know, it's one of the few places that I think a home field advantage actually still exists. Yes. And uh, well, they, Jerry's world. For the, I, I mean, they have not lost this year. Cowboys no. have not lost at home this year. And I don't, I don't even think they've had a close game. I'm looking here. Uh, it's been, it's been. 
Yeah, they did have one close game. They beat the Seahawks by six. But that was their only – okay, they've had two. They beat the Lions by one. That was, that was the most recent one. So they beat the Lions by one. And um, if they win this game, I believe that will be their their next matchup is either the Lions or the Rams. The Rams they beat by 23 at home this year, and the Lions they beat by one. But, um, but yeah, I think Dallas is going to handle Green Bay. Green Bay did well making it to the playoffs. But in a controlled environment without weather on their side like they usually have, um, they just they don't have the weapons to hang with the Cowboys. And uh, I think the Cowboys really run, run, the, run away with that one. Um, but it will be a good game to watch. It will be a good game to watch. And, and I, never, I never put it past Dallas to just fall on their face and choke at the most. I never put that past them. It could happen at any time. Because remember, the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals this year, okay? They lost to the Cardinals. They can lose to anyone. So, um, but I don't see it happening. I wouldn't bet on it. Um, next game, next game, another juicy game. I think we, did we already go over this, Jackson? The Rams against the Lions. If not, remind uh, me of who your pick is. We got Stafford. Uh, I think I threw my, yeah, I think I threw my pick out there. Uh, the, the, the Rams have been playing very well. They're probably one of the hottest teams This is one I'm going to disagree with you on. I'm, I'm, I do think the Rams are going to win this game. They're healthy. Stafford is slinging it. He's playing in his old, old stomping grounds, Detroit, where he's going to be very comfortable and, of course, wanting to exact revenge on the Lions. And I do think Matthew Stafford has a vengeful side to him. I do. I do. There's, I, there's probably a little bit of vengefulness there. I think Jared Goff is probably a less vengeful man, but of course Goff would would love. I mean, no matter who win loses this game, losing is going to sting. For I mean, it's going to be a epic, epic sting for whatever quarterback loses this. Basically, it's going to say we traded you away, we didn't believe in you, we cut bait, and then we 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 beat you. We, we, it turns out we were right to pick the other guy. The other guy that we picked over you that we wanted to be our quarterback instead of you, he just whooped your butt. And now you're done for the year. It's going to hurt. That's why this is probably the best game of them all because these are two quarterbacks that, I mean, they're going to be trying hard. They have almost equal teams. There's no way you can say, oh, well, you know, Jared Goff lost, but, you know, the Rams are stacked or uh, vice versa. Well, yeah, Stafford lost, but the Lions are just overpowering uh, weapons. No, they have about equal weapons. Cooper Cup, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, Kyron Williams, Jameer Gibbs, two rookie star running backs who, you know, Probably should if they're not should be in the off the the uh, offensive rookie of the year uh, conversation. Of course, Puka Nakua. I, I would he'd probably have my vote. He just set the record for uh, most receptions ever for a rookie wide receiver, and he plays for the Rams. Wow. And and so I mean it, these are just on paper they're so even, so evenly matched, 
And um, but I, I would I have to lean towards Stafford with the a little bit more experience, and I feel like he's playing better. And I but most importantly, I have to lean towards Sean McVay. Sean McVay, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's still in his thirties. Okay. And so this is a guy who I think he's been one after last year's just complete rear kicking that the Rams took. I think the Rams are salivating to be in a position where they can win again in the playoffs. And I think they're going to draw up a good scheme. I'm just I'm going with the t- the better coach, and that's nothing against um, the Lions coach. Uh, I'm trying trying to reach for his name. Who's he's also rock solid, but he's more. Campbell, Dan Campbell, thank you. Dan Campbell is a good coach, but he's an old-fashioned football coach. He's a football coach. Yeah, yeah, he leads with toughness, defense, playing the game the right way, character. You know, that's the way they've built Detroit, and that's great and all. That's great. I'm, I'm all for that. And they may win the game too, but if I'm betting, I want to go with the modern schemer. I want to go with the... Uh, Kyle Shanahan protege, who's going to just outthink that other coach, and and I, I think you see it with with Belichick now. Belichick and the Patriots, they they do a lot of fundamentals good, but it doesn't cut it nowadays when you've got these these offensive minds and defensive minds who are just out scheming you. I I really feel like the Rams are going to uh, to end the end the Lions season. But uh, we will see on that. I, I will, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, we'll we'll replay this. Um, if I'm right, we'll keep it quiet. We'll keep it quiet. <laughs> All right, the last game, yeah, I think is going to be your favorite, Jackson. My uh, my New Orleans Saints did all they could to make the playoffs. Absolutely embarrassing the Atlanta Falcons, embarrassing them so badly. And I'm proud of this. I want to go on record to say I'm proud of my New Orleans Saints. That when the Atlanta Falcons coach will not shake your hand at the end of the game, you did something right. Okay? You did something right. I I, I wish that was the headline this year in, in college football, Jackson. Uh, uh, that... um. What, what, I'm trying to think of his name. LSU's coach. Help me out. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly will not shake Sam Pittman's hand, refuses to shake Sam Pittman's hands, and throws F-bombs at him. At the, I would love that to be the headline because that means Sam Pittman did something right. I, I'm all for playing the game the right way. I'm all for – I generally would favor, you know, taking a knee, not scoring that extra touchdown. But I, I also have a little bit of um, – what's his name? Uh, Steve Spurrier in me too where I want to run up the score, you know. But I, it, it, for me it's a tough call. But when you're playing your arch rival, when you're playing the, the most hate when, – when, when it's NC State against North Carolina, when it's Arkansas against LSU, and when it's – the New Orleans Saints against the Atlanta Falcons, you show no mercy on that opponent. They're already trying their hardest. Yes. And and I think it was absolutely any point you can take on the Falcons, you 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 knock it in because they already hate you. It's 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 hatred yeah. between those two rivals. 
Well, I'm told uh, that actually the the decision was the players. Uh, it was the the players' decision uh, to to score those points at the end, and uh, not the Saints' coach's decision. Uh, so Dennis Allen uh, actually apologized for doing that, but. I still support it, and and I, especially when it's a home game like that against your arch rival, and your season may be over. Go ahead and score those extra points. I'm I'm all for right. that, all for that. Um, and, and that's what the Saints did. They went they went down swinging. So. That's that's what we did. But but the fact yeah. is, we went down, and Tampa Bay, all they had to do was score nine measly points against a Carolina team that couldn't beat themselves out of a wet paper bag. And uh, and but that's that's because you know the Buccaneers took care of business a lot of other ways. Anyway, they're hosting the Eagles uh, for the Monday night game. Who you got in that game, Jackson? Oh man, uh, I'm obviously <laughs> going to take the, the Buccaneers, uh, even though uh, we're playing on Monday night, which we don't play well on Monday night. Um, we're going to avenge the home loss that we had to the Eagles earlier this season. On Monday Night Football, in the rain, where they absolutely demoralized us. But you don't want to talk about playing stinky football and being stinkers. Nobody's played worse these last five or six weeks of the season than the Philadelphia Eagles have. And they're going to go into Raymond James Stadium. And for the first time in a while, we're not going to have even teams that go back to back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh, because I have neither the Eagles or the the Chiefs advancing. Uh, Tampa Bay will will beat the Eagles and and move on and, and break the Monday night curse because, like I said, we just do not play well on Monday night, and it would not surprise me if we don't play well this time around as well, and it goes the opposite way, and the Eagles win, but I am picking Tampa Bay. All right. Well, I'm definitely not surprised by that pick with you obviously being a Buccaneers <laughs> fan, but I do think it's very realistic. The Eagles – just got absolutely blown out by the New York Giants. And if there's one thing I do know, it's that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are better than the New York Giants. So uh, it's very realistic, and um, I would not be surprised at all if the Buccaneers pulled it off. But it's another one that will be a good game. We have a slate of six absolutely going to be quality games. And I don't think any of them will be lopsided or – uh, you know, a complete, um, an easy and call. It will definitely give us plenty of noteworthy stuff to talk about when we get together again. Which, by the way, I want to say, you know, for, for whoever is listening out there, for the, the 24 loyal ones we had last week, and, uh, you know, just, just keep, keep listening. If you're already listening, keep listening. And if you're not, uh, you know, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why somebody wouldn't listen to this great cast of guys that we have <laughs> uh, and it, you just don't ever know what you're going to hear on here and it's always a pleasure and it's a great time of the year college basketball is in full swing uh, college baseball is not too far from us and the NFL is is winding down and uh, we've already put the seal on college football for the year so uh, it's just, just great to be with you as always and uh, I look forward to a great weekend and I can only say amen Amen.